0: 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Paul is confused, he's struggling with the idea that people don't want to accept what God has done for them, he, he's struggling with the idea that some people are saying, well the resurrection's not for us, they, they were called the Sadducees, we used to remember that in Bible college because they were sad, you see? They didn't have a hope of the rest. You're you're going to be sad, you see. If you don't have a resurrection hope, you're going to be sad. There isn't anything sadder than life opportunity and somebody refusing it. Paul went on, he said, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also vain. He said, you may as well close up shop. May as well shut the doors, save the money on the light bill. If you don't believe in the resurrection, there's no sense in preaching. There's no sense in going through the, the whole procedure of service. No, no sense in practicing. No sense in singing. Wasn't the singing awesome this morning? Yeah, that's all right. Come on, our worship team did a phenomenal job today. Would you do a little shout, would you? They came early. They were rolling in the parking lot, quarter to eight this morning. And they're still here. I I told them a few weeks ago, I said, don't feel like you have to stay for the second service sermon. You already sat through practice, been here for first service, first sermon, second service, worship service, communion. Maybe some of us needed it twice this morning. I don't know. But if we're just going through the motions, if we don't believe in this resurrection that we're preaching about today, If we don't believe Easter Sunday, is more than a story. There's no sense in us getting together. But if we believe it, but if we know, but but if we know that there was an empty tomb that morning, if we know that a dead Christ went in, but a risen Christ came out, then we have hope this morning. We have hope today. We have hope today. Let's pray together one more time. Jesus, let your word rest god in every life every heart god more than just man's words and our voice let your voice your word be heard this morning we pray god don't let that prayer just be formality let it be reality in our lives this morning and you're powerful and in your precious name somebody speak that name in jesus name you may be seated I mentioned already, but let me remind us. The resurrection of Christ is the centerpiece of the gospel. Without it, Christ's death, his burial, it's rendered ineffective and incomplete. Why die if you can't be risen again? Why go through the motions and the rhetoric if this isn't a reality to us? See, resurrection isn't just a New Testament idea. It didn't start with Jesus in the tomb. The resurrection idea, the resurrection promise, the resurrection power started in the Old Testament. It started with the beginning of humanity, as a matter of fact. You can find it with Adam and Eve. You see that they were supposed to die when sin, when they ate that fruit. They were supposed to die, but God allowed resurrection promise to be released in their lives. They never should have made it out of the garden. They should have been buried somewhere near the tree. But God allowed them to walk out with life because of his substitution power of, sa- of sacrifice. So we see it all the way from the very beginning that when we should have died, we got to live. Humanity, we're still in the room. There's a number of us. There's many of us here this morning that we weren't supposed to live, but God showed up. We weren't supposed to make it, but God turned the situation around. We weren't supposed to live, but God, I mean in the natural, we weren't supposed to make it. The doctor's report said impossible, but God said, hold on. You don't know who he's serving. You don't know who they're praying to. God showed up and turned it around. I need a testimony in the room for a moment. I, I know I'm calling for a little bit this morning, but, but I'll just remind you, I wasn't supposed to make it. Two pounds and 14 ounces. My sister, two pounds and 11 ounces. Way back in 1971. They didn't have the technology they've got now. They didn't have the know-how they got now. All, all they had was a report. Doctors tell my dad, going to make it I'm sorry it's bad news they're not going to be able to but God but God showed up in the midst of a death-filled situation a life-giving life-breathing God came in the room my dad didn't know how to pray but he just said a simple little prayer God if you'll bring them out of this I'll bring them up to serve you and all of a sudden the doctor came back his word wasn't what it had been now he said I don't know what happened I don't know what happened, but God moved in. I don't know what happened, but God showed up. I don't know what happened. Death had been the sentence, but life moved in. I don't know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Resurrection power showed up in the room. And in that old general hospital in St. John, New Brunswick, there's a testimony about what God could do. There's a testimony about the power of a living, giving God. That testimony is standing right here this morning. 192 pounds later (laughs) we're still fighting back at 2 pounds and 14 ounces pass me the sheet cake we're still fighting back resurrection power Job said it. It started in the Old Testament. Job's the oldest, Bible, uh, oldest book in our Bible. Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job was saying, you know what? You may take this body, but there's a resurrection power that resides within. In the oldest book of the Bible, Job didn't have first and second Corinthians to turn to. Job didn't have the books of the gospels to remind us about the power of resurrection. Job just knew, you know what? Take this old body if you want to. Yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Job didn't have a, all he had was a faith that resided in him. All he had was Holy Spirit inspiration. And Job began to pen the words, ah, though you destroy this body, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Job had this basic primary understanding that God was greater than death. Greater. The psalmist said, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me greater than death. Isaiah said he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off the faces greater than death. Psalm 16 and verse 10, David said, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption greater than death. Daniel said it and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness at the stars forever and ever greater than death. Daniel knew it. David knew it. Job knew it. They knew that this was more than just living on this plane. They knew that there was more to life than just going through this motions of being born, living life and dying. They knew that there was more. There was a resurrection power. There was an eternity for us that we're going to stand before an almighty God one day. There is an eternity for us to gain. We don't have time. I don't have time. 1143. A. I don't have time to go through all the scriptures in the Old Testament. Jonah in the whale's belly, three days. Hosea said, after two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. It's there. It's just kind of sprinkled through the Old Testament over and over again. When, when they just kind of got going through the motion, when they, when they just kind of heard the words of the prophet, somewhere sprinkled in that word would be the promise that we have a resurrected life hope available for us. Greater than death. God's power over death was evident from the very beginning, from the very start, just go all the way down through Adam and Eve, Job, David, Daniel, and us. We have that promise. It was Ezekiel that said, son of man, or it was Ezekiel that God asked the question to son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered, oh Lord, thou knowest. That's our way out when we don't have the answer. Well, we know God knows everything. Uh, you know, how many times have you answered the question, I don't know? I don't, I don't know. Sometimes when I get home from work, Kathy has many questions. Okay. Every time when I get home from work. Usually I can answer them. Sometimes i just get to say, I don't know. Oh Lord, thou knowest. <laughs> That's just the way it is sometimes. I don't I don't God knows, only God knows the answer to that question sometimes. But Ezekiel, he kind of he begged off. He he said, uh, uh, "God, you know, can bones live?" I, he he didn't want to be the naysayer. He didn't want to be the doubt-filled one. He he knew he was talking to an almighty God, but it seemed like an impossible situation. We've had a lot of fun with Fred. You know who Fred is. Even Lloyd the contractor knows who Fred is. Fred the skeleton. We roll him around here sometimes. We roll him down aisles. He showed up. He showed up during coronavirus. He was the skeleton crew. You can groan, that's okay. He's a keyboard player and but uh, if, I, if I rolled Fred onto the platform this morning and, and I said, oh, hey, hey, can, can Fred live? Most of you would beg off, well, God only knows. Because the reality is we have come so accustomed to death, the reality of death, that sometimes we forget about the power of life. We've come face to face with it so many times that, that sometimes we need to be reminded that God is greater than death. God's greater than death. Well, the Charlie's in the room this morning. He, he's faced a lot of people that have worked through the process of grieving and, and dying and, and death. And death is a reality for many of us today. Death is a reality that we've got to face when we have to preach a funeral like we, we did this week. It's, it's challenging. It's struggling. But, but we just kind of hang on to the promise that this is temporary and there's a hope beyond. Because death sometimes can, can creep in and it can begin to take a hold of our lives. And it can begin to overcome us. And we begin to get accustomed to the idea that, that death seems to win an awful lot when it shouldn't. And then we're posed with the question, can These bones live and we just say, well, that's that's we're going to leave that one in God's hands. God's the physician. God's the judge. God's the whatever God, you know. But can I remind somebody today that that Easter is in the calendar because it's a stark reminder that God is greater than death. God is greater than death. Uh, God is greater than what brings us and leads us to death. The, The promise of life instead of death permeates the Old and the New Testament because we need many reminders that God is greater than death. It's just a simple message this morning. If you're waiting for the big hook, it ain't happening. We're just reminding you about a real promise that we get to live in every single day because the reality presses in on us sometimes and and death seems like it wins too many times. So I just came to remind somebody that there is a resurrection promise and a resurrection power and that death doesn't have the final say. We have hope beyond the grave this morning. We have a hope that death gets defeated. You see, Jesus had to remind not only us, he had to remind his disciples, he had to remind his followers that death was not the end. And when it seemed like it, he was greater than death. In in John chapter 11, it's a familiar story. Many of us have heard it many times. A man named Lazarus, John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. And we, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, verse six, he abode two days in the same place where he was. We would have been on the mad dash. We would have been responding to the call and the cry. But Jesus sat tight because sometimes God needs to allow something in us to die so something greater can live. Can we hear that for a moment this morning? God needs to allow some things to die in our life so that a greater thing can live. Sometimes God waits because he has to let sin die or he has to let our flesh die. He has to let our ambition die as challenging and as struggling as that may be sometimes. Sometimes our objectives are wrong and he's going to let that be completely removed from our life and he lets that die. He waits on the wayside for two days sometimes. He lets our presumptions die, our prejudices die. He lets our our bias and our ideas die because they are limiting us and restricting us from what God has in store for us. So God lets those things die, and it's painful. Whenever anything dies, it's painful. We've lost some treasures from our church family. It's painful. I mean, we even lost our dog this year and it is it, it painful little old Gracie 5 pounds she we you know it was just it was hard i'm not looking for a tear don't worry i'm not trying to I'm not trying to do the turn and burn here the crank and cry I'm not trying to do that but it was still hard we still talk about a little you come in the house and you're so used to getting barked at for 15 years you're barked at every time you come in the house And when she did it, you'd be like, Gracie, shut up. (laughs) And now it's like, where's that little bark? (laughs) I miss Gracie. He is the resurrection. We met. Now that Gracie's not going to. She's not eternal. I'm sorry to burst the bubble. All dogs don't go to heaven. As a matter of fact, if Gracie's going anywhere, (laughs) she never made it to church enough. (laughs) Some of you don't know whether to laugh. He's got eight minutes to pull it out or I'm leaving. It's hard. It's hard when it's hard when things die in our lives because things matter to us. But God sees this bigger picture. That's why after two days, he said, let's go to Judea again. And and then he tells the disciples, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And the disciples still don't get it. Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. They were kind of saying, you know, good for him. Like we. We're out here doing the work of discipleship and we're being discipled and we're the disciples, the hard work, hard working disciples. Lazarus is there sleeping. Let's let Lazarus come to us. And Jesus, finally, Jesus said, no, no, you don't get it. Lazarus is dead. Jesus always addressed death by something other than what it was because he was greater than death. Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Jesus was saying, I have a greater plan. I have a greater picture. It seems impossible right now. But I'm not finished yet. I'm glad that I wasn't there. Because there's an intention behind what I'm doing. There's a belief that you have yet to receive. To the intent that ye may believe. And uh, un- until now, they could believe that Jesus was a teacher that they'd, uh, they'd never heard anything like it before. Until now, they could believe that he was a healer. He, he'd opened blinded eyes. He'd uh, took away the lepers' leprosy. He'd, he'd healed over and over and over again. Until now, they could see his compassion, his love for the unlovable, his touch for the untouchable, his help for the overlooked. He was, he was greater than the law. He was greater than sickness. He was greater than injustice. But the only way that he could prove to those people that would be following him and that would be carrying on his truth to the next generations was that he had to prove to them that he was greater than death. And the only way that he could prove that he was greater than death is that something had to be allowed to die. So for two days, he allows The story of Lazarus to become a harsh reality to Mary and Martha and verse 17 carries the narrative on. It said when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already lain in the grave four days. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. If you'd been here, if you'd if you'd only responded to our cry and if you'd answered our prayer, if you'd if you had come when we had called If you'd responded when we had prayed, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in because Bethany is always that place of impossibility, but we can't get to resurrection power without traveling to a place called Bethany in our lives. We can't get there. We we can't get there. So, So now we've got to ask ourselves this morning, I mean in 2021, we've got to ask ourselves, what's the impossibility that's in between me and resurrection power operating fully in my life? What, what is it that, that God is wanting me to see clearly? What is it that the greater picture that God has? What is it that, that, that I've allowed in my life that he doesn't want to be there? What is keeping me from becoming what God wants me to be? And you find it. You don't find it anywhere else. You can't find it in Jerusalem. You can't, you can't find it in Judea. You can't, find it, you can't find it on the Sea of Galilee. You can't find it in the seashore, the lakeshore. You can't find it anywhere. The only place that you can find it is in your Bethany. And Bethany is a place where you lose something that means a lot to you. Bethany is the place where impossibilities center, where hopelessness abounds, where the hapless situation occurs, and you're left wondering, what in God's name is happening to me right now? So we have to ask ourselves, what is the Bethany in our lives? What is God allowing To die in us. What hope is drifting out of reach? What heart hurt is left unexplained? What pain is persisting? What's the hole that just simply can't be filled by stuff, by money, by popularity? What is what is missing? What's the thirst that can't be satisfied? What is God allowing to happen to us in Bethany? What is our Lazarus? What is the thing that God is allowing to die in our lives? We can go back to the music this morning. And too often in this situation, you know, Mary and Martha are in the story because we are like them. Mary and Martha, the worshipers and the celebrate, they, they, they go from being the cheerleaders to the accusers. Martha meets him on the way. If you had been here, my brother had not died and you can hear the echo in her words god you promised you you could have you, you should have but you didn't and you wouldn't for whatever reason we don't know but we're left hurting we're left broken we're left angry we're we're left frustrated we're left us we're the bear in every circumstance everything just kind of we're primed and we're ready to pounce and, and we're angry and we're ready to lash out and we're ready to re-. if you had been here god if you'd responded if you'd answered and somewhere god has a bigger picture and he sees it all and he knows what we're going through he sees us in that moment and god this is like google earth you know you kind of get lost where you are sometimes and you got to zoom back and then all of a sudden you're like oh that ah i see now i see where i am god's like god's always got google earth on he knows exactly, he sees the big picture. You're like, I'm lost, I'm losing, I'm, I'm drowning, I, I'm missing, you don't know where I am. And God says, I got you, I got you right here. I got you, I know what's happening. You don't see the big picture. I've got you, I'm zoomed in right now. You're, you're so focused on what's happening in your life that you can't see the bigger picture. And, and all you can see is that you're dying, but you're not seeing that I am greater than death. I'm greater than the death that's entered your life. I'm greater than the thing you think is going to take you out. I'm, I'm, I'm just greater. That's what God's saying to somebody this morning. <laughs> we don't see it, but in his providence, God is slowly releasing his promise. Slower than we wanted, slower than we anticipated, slower than we expected. Days beyond death, but God is greater than death. you see jesus said unto her he attacks or she attacks him and he responds your brother will rise again martha said i know i know he's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day and jesus says no i you you're missing it martha Let, let, let me just zoom you back for a minute let's get a bigger perspective i am the resurrection and the life. Martha, you missed it. You missed it because death overtook. Death signed the petition. Death already rolled the stone over the grave. You missed it. Lazarus is dead, but I am the resurrection and the life. Don't miss the moment, Martha. I'm greater than death. I want to speak to somebody's hopeless situation right now. God is saying to somebody this morning, it's Resurrection Sunday. Though it's dead, it's time for it to live. Though it's dead, yet shall it live. Your finances will live. But let's look a little bit beyond. Your marriage is gonna live. Your anointing is gonna live. Your ministry will live. Your calling is going to live. Oh God, open the door for somebody this morning. Your impossibility, it's already been declared dead, but, but here's what God's saying. I am the resurrection and the life. Though it's dead, yet shall it live. We're, we're talking about promise over impossibility this morning. The stone isn't too much for God today. Come on, somebody just rise up in your spirit for a moment. Somebody rise up in your spirit for a minute. Faith filled the room just a second ago. It overcame doubt. It overcame impossibility. All of a sudden what had been obscured by darkness, a shaft of light just shone in. I'll tell you why. Because God's already given the command. Roll the stone away. That's what he had to tell the people around Lazarus too. Somebody roll the stone away from the door. Somebody roll the stone away. Because Lazarus is about to come out. And everybody's declaring, God you can't do that. He's already stinking. It's impossible. It's been four days. You don't know what you're talking about. Ah, you don't know the God that we serve today. The God that we serve is greater than death. Roll the stone away because Lazarus is coming forth. somebody just put polite on the shelf for a moment and somebody will reach out because you're in the tomb right now and for the first time in a long time a shaft of light just shone in you've been wrapped up in the grave clothes long enough you're looking at the ceiling and you're wondering what in the world am I doing here I've got to tell somebody the call is coming come forth Come forth, Lazarus. Come on out. It's time. We don't need an excuse for the grave clothes. We already know all about it. But Lazarus came, hump, hopping out, stumbling out. Can I just put the mic down for a minute and praise God? Is that alright? Would you just join me for you stand together with me I got five pages of notes but none of us have time but God wants somebody to know it isn't over I love it he said where'd you lay him somebody where did you lay it down where did you lay your hope down where did you lay it down I said I can't any longer where did you lay down the idea that you could become what God is calling you to be because God wants you to go back to that place it's time to pick the promise back up it's time come on it's time the tomb has held it long enough it's time to come out of the tomb Lazarus there's a call in the room right now Come on it's louder than Jack Lehman it's louder than PA it's louder than what you're hearing at 71 Downing Street the Bible says the Bible says he cried with a loud voice do you want to know why we holler sometimes because we're trying to resurrect some dead things that's why we're just like Jesus we're just like the meek and lowly Jesus Come fall! enough. We depressed about it long enough. We're discouraged long enough. God's saying come forth. That's the power of Resurrection Sunday. That's the hope of Resurrection Sunday. God is greater than death. Somewhere in the future, somewhere in the future, there would be a group of people that stood around a garden tomb And they wouldn't doubt about what God could do. They wouldn't doubt about the fact that the grave clothes were neatly wrapped. That the stone had been rolled away from the door. And that there was a risen, resurrected Christ. Because they already knew about what God could do. Old Lazarus was still walking around because of a God that could. But you just fast forward down through the years, a few years later, like 2000, and you'll still find a group of people that are reminded about what God could do on Resurrection Sunday. Because look who's still here. Look who's still here five years later. Look who's still here 10 years later. Look who's still here two years later. Look who's still here 20 years later, 30, 40, 50 years later. Look who's still here because we serve a God that's greater than death. We serve that God this morning. I don't know where you are in the room. I mean, we're all here, but I don't know where you are in your life. But I'd just like to remind everybody that God showed up so many times to so many of us and called out the cry that we hear in the room this morning. With somebody on a bar stool, but God said, come forth. It was somebody in a drug-induced stupor? But God said, Mm-mm, "Not your life, come forth." It was somebody in that deep, dark place of depression. But God said, "Not your lot, come forth." <laughs> somebody in that place of frustration—you were so lost. You've been wronged so many times. But God said. I got a plan for your life. I've allowed it all to happen. Your hurt's not going to be wasted. You're going to understand. Somebody else, come forth. And this morning, God's call still comes. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth, Daniel, out of the lion's den. Come forth, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, out of the fiery furnace. Come forth, Jonah, out of the belly of the fish. Come forth. Come forth, you old dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. It's time to come forth. You see, this hope, this hope of resurrection is more than a story that happened a few thousand years ago. It's about what God is doing in every heart and in every life right here, right now. God is still rolling stones away. God is still calling the dead to life and that's why Easter Sunday is more than just a story to us it's a hope of deliverance it's a promise of resurrection power for you today if you backed up in our text Paul was frustrated because people weren't preaching resurrection power But if you backed up just a few verses, you'll find out what Paul believed. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached to you, unless ye have believed in vain for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures that is the same message we're preaching a few thousand years later because there isn't another message that will work we believe in resurrection power Oh, come on. Just put a little PS. I'm finished. I'm done. I'm closing the notes. Come on. Give him the praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. The call to come forth always has the next step. It has a next step for every person in the room. A next step, whether you've been here sixty minutes, your first time in the room, or you've been here sixty years, like we're going to celebrate next next week. It doesn't matter where you are. There's always a next step for you, and it always is accompanied with resurrection power. We can't do this on our own. Tried, failed miserably. But here's what we know: if we release the power the resurrection power into lives, God starts performing a miracle on top of miracle, on top of miracle. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ is the gospel that we preach. The death, here, let me give it to you one minute. Ready? The death, your repentant heart. That's bowing your knee in a place of repentance. You say, I'm dying to myself. The burial is baptism. Got a brand new baptismal tank in the sanctuary. Why? Because we believe that you need to bury the old man so the new man can rise again in newness of life. That's your burial. And resurrection power is his spirit that fills our lives today. Everybody can receive that. And if you look back through, I just have to stop. I'm sorry. Let's pray. Somebody needs to receive the word this morning. Somebody needs to take your next step. And if you don't know what that step is, don't leave without talking to us today. Let's pray. Jesus, so grateful for your help that we've received this morning. God, I'm so grateful that you took people who were lost, who were dead in trespasses of sins, and you raised us up together to sit with you. God, you just didn't pick a select few. You chose everybody that responded to your word today. I pray that somebody will lift themselves up out of that place of hopelessness. God, out of Bethany, we hear the call to come forth today. We hear the call to rise up. God, we hear the call to newness of life. We hear the call today, God, of abundant life today. God, I pray that someone will receive strength to take that next step. Let your church be here to help in every way possible. We close this service with prayer, but God, your power, your resurrection power is leaving with somebody to live a brand new life. I give you praise. I give you glory. Would you do it together with me? Come on, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. I worship you, almighty God i worship you risen savior i worship you, king of kings and lord of lords oh it's sunday easter sunday let's just take two more minutes that'll take us to quarter past 12. we got time for that would you lift your hands and celebrate the greatness and the goodness of god somebody lift your hands and tell him he's greater he's greater than the struggle you're walking through right now he's greater than the challenge that you've been that you've been facing down he's greater than that he's greater god's God, a greater plan. He's greater than death for you. Come on, make it personal. We still got 30 seconds. Somebody, God can change your life in 30 seconds. God can change your future in 30 seconds. God can change your eternity in 30 seconds. God, we're giving it to you this morning. We're turning it over to you this morning. Would someone just give a mighty Easter Sunday? Amen. God bless you this morning. You're dismissed. See, any of our staff, any of our, anyone on the platform can talk to you about the next step to take, whether it's a Bible study, it may be baptism, it may be praying a prayer of repentance. See, any of us, we can help you. In feeling of the Holy Ghost, you'll want to receive it. It's power. God bless you in Jesus' name.